Welcome to Rooted and Free, a lifestyle podcast with Brandy and Sharon. Here you will find real down-to-earth conversations about Jesus, entrepreneurship, homesteading, homemaking, homeschooling, family, freedom, prepping, politics, and more. Some may call them conspiracies. We just call them facts. Grab a cup of coffee, your favorite pen and notebook, and let's dive into today's topic. Hello, and welcome to episode five of Rooted and Free, the podcast. I am uh, one of your hosts, Brandy Lynn White, here with my co-host, Sharon Beadle. Hello. And today we are going to be talking about planting schedules. So this is something that is super timely, timely so much, in fact, that Sharon asked me if we wanted to record today. And I said, that is perfect because I'm doing my seed schedule right now. I just brought in all of my seeds out of uh, storage and we're going to go over the tips for how to do a planting schedule. There's a few things that you're going to need to know for this and we're going to try to keep this episode short. Uh, You're going to need to know your average last frost date. So grab a notebook, a pen and paper. We're going to dive into each of our processes for this because we are in different areas of the country. So we're going to grow at different times. We're going to start things at different times. We're going to have different first and last frost dates. So you want to know your average first and last frost date. And I use the Farmer's Almanac for that. It's just an old school, trusty, standard way of finding uh, your first and last frost dates. So we'll post that link in the resource and the show notes for you guys. Knowing your planting zone that you're in as well is going to be a huge factor in when you plant and um, what you decide to do from start versus what you decide to do direct so. So Sharon, if you want to dive into your process um, first, we can go ahead and do that and then I'll share mine. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, excuse me, worth noting for me, I am in USDA grow zone 5 B, but I'm also like right on the cusp of 5A. So I do also consult the almanac. <clears throat> Excuse me, frog my throat. I do also consult the almanac for just kind of seasonal uh, weather predictions, knowing are we going to err on the side of a shorter winter and warmer year, in which case I'm going to move my um, adjust my last frost date a little bit earlier in the year versus are we going to see kind of a longer winter Um, and in which case I will push it back a little bit. So, um, just noting that my average last frost date is May 15th. Um, we always say here it's mother's day weekend. Roughly usually is, is the first safe weekend to like plant flowers out, plant your warm season, uh, plants out that kind of thing. So, um, Brandy, you have a longer growing season than I do. Um, so I will likely plant like start more seeds inside, particularly for my warm weather plants like peppers, tomatoes, uh, that kind of thing. I have also, even though, even if I have a seed packet that says, um, you can go ahead and start this indoors. There are some just from experience that I've learned in my grow zone. I can direct. So I can direct. So my squash plants, I can, my summer squash plants, I can direct. So my melons, I can direct. So, although I am going to try start, uh, starting cantaloupe from seed this year, but I can direct sow my melons. I can direct sow my beans. I can direct sow um, my cucumbers, that sort of thing. I can direct sow my corn. So um, just grab all this information and then keep notes in your notebook 
of what worked and what didn't and how you feel like you might need to adjust from year to year. Um, so definitely draw on your own experiences. But if you are just starting, you've never put a seed in the ground before in your life, follow these real simple tips um, and, and be willing to learn as you go. You guys, seed packets are not expensive. It is inexpensive to learn how to garden. It just takes time. So, and I don't know how many seasons I have done any sort of plant on my own property, but it, I over a decade now. So it takes a while. I still don't have it down perfectly. And I think any experienced gardener will tell you that you're going to learn as you go and you're going to make adjustments. So embrace the journey. It's a lot of fun actually. And it is so, so rewarding. So what I do for, I have um, essentially a five-step process. I grab my seed packets and I divide them into two categories. I divide them into seeds that I'm going to start indoors and seeds that I'm going to sow directly. <clears throat> And that just kind of makes it easier for me personally. I know from each pile, okay, the location of where these are going to be sown. Um, and from there, I mean, Brandy, I know you do this. You map out your garden and where things are going to go. I don't go that specific because I have less in-ground space. I am mainly raised bed and container gardens. I do have uh, some in-ground space, but it's it's fairly minimal. And so it's pretty easy that's really the only mapping that I do. Um, but I, I will just note indoors or direct. So from there, I order my seed packets. So on your seed packets, or sometimes you have to consult the website that you bought them from. Um, but determine the, it's usually in dates. It'll tell you, you know, 10 to 12 weeks before your average last frost date start inside or four to six weeks before your average last frost date start outside. So direct. So outside. So that, would, that those are going to be your cool season plants, like your peas, that sort of thing. Um, so I'll, I divide them into packets and then I order them and I put them into piles, um, from, earliest I need to start the seed, whether indoors or direct. So to latest in the year. Um, and then I grab my calendar and on my calendar, I mark my last average last frost date. So like I said, May 15th for zone five B for me. Um, and then I just with a pencil, uh, I count back each week and I, I label it. So one week before two weeks before three weeks before, so that I know what the dates are for planting. And I do that forward as well, because there are some seeds that you're going to direct. So outside that you have to wait until a week or two after your average last frost date. And then I just start writing it down. So I'll say, you know, April 1st through April 7th, and I'm just throwing dates out there right now, but April 1st through April 7th is when I need to start whatever seed whatever seeds it is. And I just write it down. So then I've got my notebook and I've got my calendar and I know, okay, this weekend I am starting this set of seeds indoors and I'm direct sowing this set of seeds outdoors. And so every weekend I just do more planting. You can also note each week, if you've got a, like, especially with your greens, for example, um, and even, even your vegetables, less so with your tomatoes and that kind of thing. But if you are wanting to succession plant, which means planting a set of plants, um, every, I mean, normally people do it every week so that they get a harvest week by week by week during the ideal growing season, uh, for that particular plant. But if you're in a succession plant, just write it down each weekend. So I've got my weekend dates and I've got the plants that I'm going to plant and I've got my indoor plant list and I've got my outdoor plant list and you're ready to go basically then you're ready to execute your your 
schedule. Um, so you do want to make sure I will say this, and we are going to talk about like garden bed prep, um, in a future episode, but I will say this, make sure that you have, um, if you are going to start indoors, make sure that you have appropriate seed starting equipment. Um, we can definitely touch on that if we need to, but for me, it's containers, it's seed starting mix, which I recommend you actually just getting from your local garden store. Um, you will probably need grow lights and you will likely need a heat mat. And after that, it's pretty simple. And it's just following the instructions and praying over your seeds before, during, and after that they, that they sprout, that they grow. Um, and if you are starting some of your plants, I will say this, if you are starting some of your plants early and if you have a shorter grow season, like I will probably start my pepper plants before, um, before recommended inside just to give them a little bit extra time to grow so that I actually get some produce this summer from them. Um, just know that you may have to transfer them to a bigger, uh, seed pot, a bigger pot before transplanting them outside. So just note, you may need a few of that. That's it. You guys, that's what I do. I divide it. I get my calendar out and I'm writing down, I sort my seed packets essentially, and I'm writing down my planting schedule and then I execute. So really pretty simple. And I do pretty much kind of the same thing. Like Sharon said, I have a longer growing season. And if, if we give you any kind of tip, it's to definitely write this stuff down. I know we're in a day and age where like writing things down on paper is a lost art almost. And you could do it on your computer if you wanted to. But like we said in our preparedness episode, this is something that you're going to want to have on hand, not only for yourself, but this is if you end up, you know, with children that stay in the same area as you, you can hand this down to them. You can use this as a, as a growing resource that they then don't have to do all the guesswork. You've done all the footwork for them. So I really like that aspect of writing it down to in a dedicated space, because next year when growing season comes, you're not going to remember, oh my goodness, like all the minor details that this year when you're doing all of this stuff, and especially if you're doing it for the first time, you're not going to remember those things that you told yourself, okay, next year, I'm going to do this differently. You're just not going to like, there's a a whole lot that happens between now and then. And, and unless you have like the most amazing memory, um, it is so good to write all of this stuff down. Cause like Sharon said, it's a growing and learning experience. It is never uh, like the same. I don't feel like, I don't feel like you ever get the same results from, from the consistent work that you do. So, and it's, it's a playing thing. You have to play with it in your area too. I'm in zone six a, um, but I am, kind of out on the line too. So I could be 6A or 6B. Um, and we are working on a greenhouse. So that's going to extend my growing season even longer. And we might have it done, uh, hopefully before the end of this summer. Um, now that so you said that now, it's not going to be done for like three years. Right. I know <laughs> that would be my luck. And, and we are the king and queen of unfinished projects. So same here. I do. I do. Like Sharon said, I map it out. So I have different growing areas. We have the greenhouse now. It's not quite finished, but on each side of the greenhouse, I have some raised beds. I do have a couple of towers. Uh, they didn't go so well last year. I tried doing strawberries in them and the cats found them and peed in them because that's what cats would do. Um, so they didn't survive. So I'm going to try to relocate my towers this year. So they're not accessible by all of the animals. Um, but I do kind of the same thing. I separate my seeds, which is what I'm doing today into 
what I'm going to start from seed after I map everything out. Okay, here's my space. Here are my growing beds. Here's what I'm growing in ground. I do my potatoes in um, 50 gallon drums. So I have that section and area too. And then we have, um, I'm going to do some vertical planting this year. So I get to remap my garden out a little bit because I'm not going to use as much ground space. So I'm excited for that. So mapping it all out so that I have an idea in my head before we get to the tilling or whatever we're, we're going to end up doing outside for prep, I know where everything's going to go. So I map that out and then I'll divide it up into what am I going to start from seed and what am I going to direct sow? Um, a lot of things that Sharon direct sows, I direct sow as well. All of your hardier things, carrots, cucumbers, green beans. I don't think that you could kill a green bean. A green bean will grow in like any condition and never stop and, and produce. I feel like it's one of those plants that's a no brainer. So if you want an easy plant to start with, I highly recommend green beans. Um, any of those hardier plants, I'm going to direct. So I just, I have the time and I can do that for me. My last frost date, according to the farmer's all Mac is April 28th, but it has been known to snow in May here. So we've been ice fishing in May before. Um, so to be safe, we don't transplant until at least Mother's Day weekend. Um, just because it says April 28th, but you just never know. The weather's bipolar here in Indiana. And then the last frost date is around October 15th. According to the Almanac, I can usually get way longer out of that. Um, as far as the last or the first frost date for the end of the year, uh, just because our weather is bipolar. And a lot of times the frost doesn't come until November around here. So it just depends. Um, and then I will, after I've separated what I'm going to start, I do the same thing. We just do plant math. We write down the dates in the calendar. Like Sharon said, work your way backwards. Um, and then if you're going to do succession planting, um, or even a fall plant, a fall harvest, um, I I'll know that way too, what I can plant after I've harvested, X, Y, or Z. So, um, and I'm constantly doing plant math throughout the year. I'll go and yeah. on the back of the seed, it'll tell you, um, how many days to harvest and then what your transplant date would be on a lot of the seed packets. And so you just write it down and do the math. Do I have enough time left in my season where I'm at in my current season to plant this direct sow outside. Um, so I'll look at the direct sow dates and see how much and write it down and do the math and see if that's something that I can do mid season after we've already transplanted everything we've started in inside. So it really is pretty simple. Once you get a system down and going, just take notes. That's my um, biggest piece of advice when doing this, because I'm still newer to the whole growing all of the food things. I've had little yeah. containers here and there over the years of, okay, I know how to grow strawberries or I know how to grow tomatoes and I'll do it in this small space, but I'm still on like year three of an actual bigger garden, um, that I am responsible for. So this year we're going to do vertical gardening with our, our planting schedule. And then, um, I'm also going to try to do some more succession planting yep. like Sharon said. So we're not harvesting everything at the same time. And that's super important too, if you're going to be canning as well. Or if, I mean, I agree with that completely. Or if you are someone who says, Nope, I, I want to harvest and can and all of that, you just need to be prepared for for that, <laughs> like think ahead, or you are going to 
waste a lot of your harvest. Um, and I have to be honest, I have been guilty of that in years past of harvest, like not, not having enough ways to either preserve or consume the food that we've grown. And that's one of the things that you take notes about. Um, because the last thing that any of us want to do is, is waste anything. Granted, we gave a lot of it away. We ended up doing, we ended up going out of town for vacation last year, right around the time that everything was coming off the plants. So it was like, okay, what can we freeze? What are we giving away? What is fine? What, you know, stuff like that. So there was definitely the timing wasn't great with some of that stuff last year, but I can't, I said it, Brandy said it, write it down, take notes. It's fun to go back and read stuff too. Um, and I love the note that you said, Brandy, about this being something that you can pass down. This kind of information is invaluable. I just, I can't, I, one, I love receiving things like that. But two, I wish I had more things like that, more how to's, more notes, whether it's, you know, recipes or planting notes or um, stories, anything like that. Just get yourself a garden journal. I, I can't emphasize that enough. Um, we have been talking about seed packets. If this is the first episode that you're listening to, head back to episode two of this season. And we talk about how to choose your seeds. Um, and we give you a lot of really great seed resources that Brandy and I love, use, and have success with. Um, so definitely check that episode out and stay tuned because one of the goals with um, this podcast is that we kind of want to take you through at least once a month what we're doing on the homestead that month. Um, so future episodes are going to be about chickens because we're getting into chicken chick season. Um, and I think that chickens are one of the best starter homestead animals and you don't need a whole lot of space and a whole lot of expertise. And they're fairly simple, um, fairly simple animals to begin raising. So, uh, we would love to have your feedback on other questions and other topics for you, but this is something that we want to walk you through is growing your own food because Brandy and I believe in the importance of it from a self-sustainability and preparedness standpoint, but also from a health standpoint, we grow our own food because it's the healthiest Thing that we can absolutely possibly do um, versus purchasing from a store. You may not know where it's from, what it's been exposed to, all of that. Um, so it is a cost-effective way to feed your family. And it is, I think, one of the healthiest ways to, to feed your family. So um, stay tuned for more episodes. And if you have any questions, as always, make sure you let us know because we are here for you. We really want this to be a community type podcast. Brandy, anything else you want to say, add notes, tips to this, to this episode before we close her out? I all, all I want to know is if the people listening to this right now can hear the roosters and the chickens crowing outside the window, because it was just perfect timing. I think they heard you, Sharon, talking about them and they were like, this is our moment. We need to go say hi. Um, so sorry if you can hear them. That is a disclaimer I make often in anytime I'm on the phone or recording or on a Zoom. I'm like, sorry for the chickens in the background. They're just, they're here. It is what it is. 
I can actually hear the rooster now that you say it. And it's hilarious because I'm the one that's got the kids running around and the dog barking and all of that. Um, we don't have a rooster on our property, so you won't hear, although our neighbors do. So you may occasionally hear the rooster from the neighbors. Um, but yes, I think it's hilarious. And uh, for those of you who don't know, I have this amazing talent of being able to communicate with animals and I can do so across the country. So just stay tuned for more of that. I will <laughs> fill you in on all the things. <laughs> The last thing I wanted to note too in the planting schedule is if you have a neighbor or a friend or a relative, my mom and I do this, that uh, is close to you, you know, within driving distance or walking distance, um, find out what they're planting too. So if you have limited space and you can trade crops, that's another thing that my mom you know, there's certain plants that she wants a few of, but she doesn't want to fill her entire garden space, um, with a certain plant. And I have more space than she does. So a lot of times, like she is the queen of basil. I, for whatever reason, cannot ba grow basil like my mother can, and we're in the same zone. So there'll be things that I'm like, okay, what are you growing this year? And she'll be like, what are you growing this year? And then we can look at each other's things and say, well, maybe I'll grow that one this year. And then we can trade, um, because there's things she grows like okra that I'm still trying to love, but I have no desire to plant because Adeline's the only one that likes okra. So I'll find, a, you know, something that she loves. We love tomatoes and I love to have tomatoes on hand as much as I can in all the varieties. And so that'll be something that we'll do and I'll grow extra of, and then we'll trade as well. So just I love another that. community tip. Well, and that's what I was just going to say that's what occurred to, to me as you were talking is this is community uh the previous episode that we did episode four was about preparedness and and it was just an overview of it but one of the things that we talk about in there is um community and this ties into all of that as well as barterability and trade and that kind of thing um not everybody has to grow everything if your area is your planting area is more suited to certain types of, of crops, embrace that. So there's a couple of things. If you have less sun, more shade, grow cooler season plants. If you have more sun, less shade, vice versa and trade, that's a really great note. Um, the other thing I was going to say is that can help with crop rotation too. Um, crop rotation is important. It's something that we probably don't need to get into at all on this episode and in the interest of time and keeping it on the planting schedule subject, but crop rotation is something that you can look into. We can talk about it in the, on a future episode. Um, but that can be really beneficial as well. And that has to do with, uh, changing what you plant where on a rotating schedule each year in order to help keep your soil mm -hmm. as abundant in nutrients as possible. So that's, that's the overview of that. So that's something else to consider too. Um, so anyway, rounding it back out to the planting schedule type of things. It is, I love the term plant math. That is all it is. Look at your dates, look at your calendar. Uh, we will be posting in the show notes, the couple of links for, uh, determining what your grow zone is and figuring out what your average first and last frost dates are. Um, and from there, like Brandy said, plant math. So that's, I think it for this episode, anything else? I think so too. I think we kept it short and sweet and right to the point. If you have any questions on how we do this, uh, please just let us know. We'd be happy to dive more in depth into whatever you guys uh, want and need to hear in regards to your planting schedule. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Rooted and Free. I'm Brandy Lynn White. I'm Sharon Beadle, and we'll catch you on the next episode.
Thanks for listening to this episode of Rooted and Free. We hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to check the show notes for info and links. It would mean the world to us if you reviewed and shared our podcast and be sure to catch us on the next episode.